felt like, man, there's been an onslaught in people's minds. I feel like the enemy's like going after people's minds. And I love that um, recently, um, quote from Jimmy was like, man, I can pray for you, but until you learn to renew your mind according to the truth, like, you won't be transformed. <laughs> and so we're going to look at um, taking care of our minds and learning how to renew our minds according to the truth of God's word, right? So we're going to go to Romans 12, verse 1, and it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We'll stop right there. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. You are a living sacrifice. I feel like this is Gospel 101. You are not your own. You were bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. And it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. Amen? Unfortunately, not everyone is told this when they get saved. That you have to lay down your life in order to be resurrected in his life. Right? We should actually be telling people, by the way, you want to say yes to Jesus, just put up your hand. It's like, no, by the way, lay down your life. You die right here, right? Let's get it right. Let's stop doing that. Let's like put up your hand and we'll just say this prayer and then when you die, you'll go to heaven. Put up your hand if you want to die, right? Because he who has died has been set free from sin, right? There's a death that has to happen in order to be resurrected in the likeness of Jesus. And then we can PS that with, uh, number one, you need to die. Number two, PS, you're in a war. So here's your weapon. Let's go, right? You've been enlisted into war. And we need to remember that. We are in a full-fledged war, right? We have weak, flimsy Christians because it's preached as a prayer to go to heaven and you play church on a Sunday. We need to get that, we need to get that right. So when you make a disciple, it's like you die, you're enlisted into war. I'm going to teach you how to fight because we've got an enemy to crush. Amen? All right. So we're in a war. The devil hates your guts. He hates you. He hates the truth. He's a liar and the father of lies. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He hates you spending time with God. He hates this church. He hates the word of God. He hates it when there's unity between Christians. He hates your family. He hates you stepping out in faith. He hates you praying for the sick. He hates you having any sort of revelation. Okay, do we get the picture? He hates it. 
And he will do anything he can to keep you as a Sunday Christian who has no power sitting in the church playing happy Christian. Right? We're in a war. But the good news is there is good news. Your adversary has no power. Right? He only has lies. And the power you give him by believing his lies. Sometimes we make it so easy for him, right? Believing his lies is like opening big windows and saying, come on in and have some activity in my life, right? Close the windows. Today we're going to close the windows and there's some agreements that need to be broken today. All right, because every time you agree with one of the lies that the enemy fires into your brains, it gives him power to operate in your life. So we're going to shut that down. We've got to shut it down. All right. He'll often make it appear that he has power over you, but he doesn't. As a believer, you have authority and power over all the power of the enemy. Okay, scripture behind that, Luke 10, 19, Jesus' words. He says, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. The disciples had just come back. He'd sent them out two by two to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, right? And they came back and they're like, Jesus, even the devils obey us. And he was like, I saw Satan falling from heaven like lightning. Right? Behold, I've given you all authority. You're going to tread on that serpent. And all in the Greek, it means all. There you go. Praise the Lord. And it wasn't just for those disciples, because in Matthew 28, Jesus was like to them, go make disciples, more of them, multiply yourselves, in other words. I've given, I I have all authority and I'm giving it to you and you go and make more disciples like you, who look like me. So we have that same authority. All right, verse 2 of Romans Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world. Conformed means the process whereby people change their beliefs attitudes, actions, or perceptions to more closely match those held by groups to which they belong or want to belong or by groups whose approval they desire. In other words, don't be molded to the world. Don't be shaped by the world. You're not of the world. Why would you allow it to mold you and shape you? You're called to be of a different substance. You shouldn't be looking anything like the world. We should stick out like sore thumbs. We should look very, very different to the world. 
Don't allow it to conform you to the way it thinks, the way it behaves, the way it acts, right? I love how the Passion Translation puts it. Um, It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. How? Through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Isn't that great? (sighs) The only way you are going to step into living from another realm is to be transformed and transformation comes by renewing your mind right? So when you're born again, boom, you become a new creation, right? Old is gone, new has come. But you have a soul, a mind, a will and emotions that has been homeschooled. It's grown up in the world and often molded and shaped by the world. Yeah, for most of us, most of us weren't fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian environment teaching you your identity in Christ from the minute you were born. Praise God, we can do a better job with our kids, right? But there needs to be, there needs to be some intentional rewiring of our brain to, to start to think the way that, to start to think the way that God thinks. And to start to believe the things that God says of us is true, right? Because every day we're creating neurological pathways. Every day. You don't know it, but you are. And the things that you think about, the things that you meditate on, you are making trenches in your brain. And it's either trenches of truth or it's trenches of other stuff that is not truth. And, and one will lead to a transformed life and one will lead to trouble. What did you say? Not. Amen. Not transformation. All right? The mark of a true Christian, a disciple of Jesus, is a transformed life. Anyone can talk about him. Anyone can. He even said in Matthew... He's like, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, didn't we drive out demons and pray for the sick? And he'll say, I actually never knew you. So that tells me there's a lot of people talking the talk. Man, Jesus said in in John 15, you will know them by the fruit. Transformation is, is how we know you're a disciple of Jesus. I can tell you, I'm a very different woman to the girl that met Jesus. And, and people that knew me back then, they're like, whoa. Crazy. Transformed. New way of thinking. That's why. Right? All right. I remember. Oh, no. Let's. Dr. Kevin Zadai, he says, when your mind is transformed you will no longer be dictated to by your environment. As a man 
thinks in his heart, so is he. I remember um, I had, boom, got the, encountered the Lord in a significant way. Um, all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle came together and, and truth had started to, to land in my heart. And I started to, I, I went on a rampage like a crazy person. I was like, I must understand what I haven't understood for the last 33 years. So I grabbed my Bible and I read it like a trooper. I, and I'm highlighting and I'm asking questions and I'm seeking out people who are like, can teach, teach the gospel as we know it. Teach, who, teach me who I am now that Jesus lives inside of me. And there was a process of me relearning how to think. I didn't do much else. I parented my children and I ran my house and I had to go to work. But all the little bits in between, it was me listening to identity preaching. It was me reading the word. It was me praying to the Lord, asking him questions and saying, I'm reading this. Help me understand. Help me step into this, right? Um, and then one day I stepped into the shower just a normal day, having a shower, stepped in and I remember standing there and then it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, I have clear headspace. For 33 years, I had not had clear headspace. I'd always had like, nah, 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 in your brain. Do, do you guys get that? And the shower is the perfect place for a busy mum to have like all the things that have gone wrong during the day, all of the fake conversations you're going to have with someone so that you can give them a piece of your mind. Does, does anyone, did anyone ever used to do that? I did that all the time. Um, where you'd obsess about things, where, you, yeah. Anyway, I got in the shower that day and I was like, oh, I have peace. I have peace in my mind. There was nothing there. And I was like, Jesus, you can speak to me now. So that's available every single day. But I've had to fight to keep it clear, right? Because there's an enemy of my soul that would love me to have a lot of chatter going on. Because then it, it drowns out the father. It drowns out his voice. And it, it, it stops me from having a clear perspective, so I've had to fight to keep it clear. So how do we do it? How do we actually renew our minds, right? We need, we need some equipping. We need some tools in our belt. So are you ready? Number one, this is like pointing out the obvious, but I'm going to say it. Believe what the Word of God says about you. We've got to believe it. Gosh, the Word is true. We can start with the word, right? Read it every day. You can't step into it if you don't know what it says. You will never be transformed if you are not in the word of God, right? It is not a religious, it's not this religious exercise that I'm ticking a box. This is like an exciting um time of revelation and intimacy with the Father as I go on a treasure hunt to find out from the mirror who I really am, right? So we need to be in the Word. 
And we need to learn to ask the Father, Lord, show me who I am. I have a color system for my Bible. And so anything that's got to do with identity is purple. So if I read anything that's like, you are righteous, holy, blameless, and above reproach, it is like purple. You are loved by God, purple. You're a holy priesthood, a treasured nation. I'm getting the words all wrong. It is purple, right? So if you read something in the Word or something about your identity that makes you cringe on the inside, has anything ever happened? Has that ever happened before to anyone? Well, you're all perfect, obviously. But if you've ever read anything, it's like, oh, I'm not that. Has that ever happened to anyone? I'm not quite that yet right? That's, that's an invitation from the Lord to camp there and ask the Holy Spirit for revelation and ask him, how do I step into this? What does it look like when I'm living like this, right? It, it's not just reading to tick off a box. It's like communion with God over the word of God, okay? That's how it That's how it comes alive because you're reading it with the author of the book. Okay, so let's read it that way. Um, Believing it is the first step to becoming it. You'll never become what it says if you don't even believe it. Sometimes we have ourselves to blame for the poor mental state we're in. Because we allow our circumstances to dictate what is true instead of the word of God. Come on, church. Time to grow up. Read your Bible. Interact with it. Believe it. What you give yourself to will grow. If you give yourself to truth, it will set you free. Amen. Okay, two, expose the lies. We need to get really good at exposing what the enemy is doing. Not that, we be, not that we become devil-focused, but we need to be a family who's not afraid of, I'm experiencing some lies right now. And I need, I need someone to hold my hands up and to remind me of what the truth is, right? So Ephesians 5.8, it says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Isn't that an awesome scripture? Okay, a great question to ask each other when you're catching up, when you're having a coffee, when you're having dinner together, when you're doing whatever you do, okay, is what lie have you been believing about yourself or about God? 
Have you been hearing any lies this week? Let's not be afraid to ask ourselves some, some, ask each other some like real questions and scratch a bit deeper than just a surface level. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. <laughs> like, let's be a better family than that, right? <sighs> Liars will lose their power and their hold over you when you say it out loud and expose it. I recommend you finding a trusted friend who is mature in the Lord. You don't go doing this with a disciple you just made yesterday, all right? Find someone who is not a disciple you made yesterday (laughs) Um, and just be like, hey, I've just been hearing some chatter. Can you just... I just need to get it out. Let's, let's expose it, right? That, that's, that's being mature in the Lord. Like you can struggle by yourself for weeks and weeks and weeks or you can just go to Pastor Tom and be like, white flag, having a little struggle today. Pick up the phone. Sometimes it's like a f- five-minute conversation and then, and then the light just comes in and the lie loses its power. You feel lighter. I had to do it this week. Jumped on Voxer. Mama Sharon. <sighs> and I'm thinking this and I've been hearing this and I feel like this and blah, 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 on and on and on. Poor Mama Sharon. <laughs> but it's like I have to do this too. This is not... You don't outgrow this, right? Because the devil's a jerk. And if he can lie to you and get you to agree with his lies and get you to be thinking about that rather than thinking about what God's doing, man, then he slows you down. Don't let him do that, right? Praise the Lord. We're a body. Let's be a good one. Let's be there for one another. Number three. Catch the lie. Catch it. Everyone say, catch it. All right. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Hallelujah. We should read that every day. We are in a war. So be a good soldier and learn to destroy arguments and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Right? You've got to catch the thoughts, right? Remember, he fires his fiery arrows, which are lies. You can actually catch them before they even have impact. Learn to catch them. Those lies that make you doubt, those lies that make you fear, the lies that make you lose hope, the lies that slander God's character, the lies that steal, kill, and destroy. Men, learn to catch them. Don't even let them hit. 
Um, few testimonies on this one. I the Lord taught me about this years and years ago. Before I had any revelation that I have now, I was born again, um, and I had been going through shocking time in my life um, of circumstantial things. I was trying to do the right thing and follow the Lord and. Other people's decisions had made my life very ordinary. And so um, I think I've shared before about the time where the Lord was like, are you going to lie in that bed for the rest of your life or are you going to get up and fight? And so after I had been like, this is not a fair question. It is not my fault. And he asked me again and I decided I would get up and fight, right? So I made that decision. But then there was every day after that. So you make that initial decision, but it doesn't make every day easy. And it doesn't make the feelings go away. It doesn't make the chatter in your brain, like, go away. And so, it, like, it was tough. It was a tough few months. But the Lord, in his kindness, he, was, he actually taught me without, I didn't really have a loving church family or, you know, wasn't surrounded by people speaking the truth to me but the Lord said Naomi when one of those thoughts come you need to say out loud no so you need to interrupt it so it starts to come and you say no like out loud like that no right and it shifts like it shifts the atmosphere and it interrupts the thought and I didn't know, I didn't know at the time, okay, find some truth to fill your brain with. But man, that one little key made a world of difference. And I had to use it, like, I had to use it last Saturday. Just enemy having a go. I shared it very briefly on the panel last week. But he was like, you're wasting your time. This church is going to fail. You've got nothing to say. Like, la, 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 on and on and on. And, and I could feel like I felt heavy. I felt gross. I didn't feel righteousness, peace and joy. I was like, this is gross. And I knew it was gross. But it got to mid-morning and I was like, enough. It came and I'm like, enough. That is enough. Men, we have to learn to say enough. No more today. Get your big voice out. Catch it and decree the opposite. Decree the truth. Decree the word of the Lord. Amen? Right. James 4 verse 7, it says, Resist the devil and he will flee. Resist him. Man, we've got to learn to resist. Number four, replace the lie with the truth. This is like so, so important. If there is a, um, a thought, one that gets through, okay, you didn't catch it, you haven't exposed it to a friend and it's bouncing around, the enemies, what's a good lie we can use? What's a Huh? You're worthless. You're worthless. 
great one. It's great, yeah. Yeah, you're worthless, right? One's got through, it's weighing you down. It's exalting itself above the Lord Jesus Christ and above, above the truth. And it's forming a destructive neurological pathway in your brain, right? There's a process you can go through to rewire your brain. If you've been thinking that you're worthless for 20 years, okay, the Lord can like do a chances are you're going to need to to be super intentional to continue to walk in freedom and create new neurological pathways of truth because you've got a highway that's been going for so long saying you're worthless you're worthless you're worthless you're worthless you're worthless right and we need to create a trench of truth going the other way trench of truth Amen. So, this, um, this five-step process, this is a five-step process, and it comes from Dr. Carolyn Leaf. I'm sure most of you have probably heard of her. She has some wonderful resources, and she is a Christian communication pathologist and a cognitive neuroscientist. So, she knows her stuff, and she knows the Lord. So she has many books, podcasts, and tools. So if you're like, I actually need to do some work here. This is something the Lord's highlighting to me. I would highly recommend um, some of her stuff because it's really practical and really helpful. And it also comes from a Christian, right? Um, Which is great. A simple version. She has a 21-day detox, okay? My advice would be one thought, Take that one thought, you're worthless, and you're like, for 21 days, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this five-step process. It might take 10 or 15 minutes to start with. By day 21, it might be five minutes, right? But this is being intentional to rewire your thinking according to the truth, right? Step one, gather. So, in other words... Become aware of the lie, all right? What is the word or phrase that continually runs through your mind? Statements such as would have, should have, could have, if only. It can also sound like you can't, you never, you're worthless, (laughs) you're worthless, right? Anything like that. So you become aware, what is it? What's that thing that's bouncing around all the time? Step two, Focused reflection. Ask, answer and discuss your thoughts with yourself using lots of why questions. For example, why do I have this thought? Why am I thinking you're worthless? This is where you start talking to the Father and allowing him to show you. Because maybe something happened in Something happened before, right? So you ask these questions. Why do I have this thought repeat through my mind? Where or when did this thought originate? How does it affect me physically, right? Some of the lies that we believe actually affect us on a physical level. Step three, write. Write. 
journal your thoughts as specifically as you can. So you actually write it down. It helps you get clarity and it helps you get to the root. Because sometimes you'll be hearing a lie, but the root of the lie is something else, right? So journaling it out, just getting all the thoughts out, asking the Lord questions, journaling what you feel like the Lord's saying, sometimes that will actually get you down to that mama lie that needs to be chopped. Amen? All right. So what is the lie? If you get to that mama one, what is the lie? Write it out and then cross it out. Right? I know this sounds laborious, but um, if you have some some real highways of wrong thinking, okay, let's get rid of them. 21 days is nothing compared to a lifetime of being free, right? So cross it, cross it out and then replace it with the truth. You actually write down the truth. What does God say about you? The lie is I'm worthless, I've crossed out I'm worthless. The truth is I'm created in Christ Jesus for good works that I should walk in them, right? I am his masterpiece. I'm accepted in the beloved. Ah, you write down the truth. Step four, revisit. Now you get to tell your brain what it looks like with the truth as your reality. So it's where you stir up your, you stir yourself up to be like, this is true about me, right? And I don't care how I feel right now. God says that I am loved, then I am loved, So, soul, why are you downcast within me? Hope in God. And you you tell your soul, you stir yourself up in the truth. And you say it out loud. God loves me. I am accepted. I am his masterpiece. I am created in Christ for good works. Man, you say it out loud. There's, an, there's another tool that's called lying in the sand. And you, and you can imagine yourself as, in my case, I'm a woman, as a woman who's believing and saying, I'm worthless, I'm worthless. And you draw a line in the sand, you draw an imaginary line on the carpet, and you step over the line. And you look at that, you look at that person, and you're like, what does that have to do with me? I'm a new creation and I am in Christ and he's in me. Praise the Lord, right? Some people, I don't, I I haven't really had to use that tool, but maybe that's helpful for somebody in the room. Sometimes you like have to get pretty forceful with these things. Some people are visual people. Some people need to use their bodies to like represent what's happening on the inside. So that's why I mention that, right? All of this is like what works for you. 
Find something that works for you and do it. Do it every single day until you're like, I've got clear headspace and I'm walking in the light and truth is dictating my feelings, my actions, my words, right? That's where we want to get. Because when we're walking that way, then we can actually help set others free. Amen. Where are we up to? Step five, action. Now put action behind it. This is where you begin to change the toxic thought or the lie into the truth. It's where you choose to say, I believe what God says about me. It's where you reach beyond where you are. So you're like, because now I believed I'm loved and I'm God's masterpiece, I am going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to do something different. Even if I don't feel like it, right? Even if I'm not vibing it, even if I still hear the lie, you're worthless, you're worthless, you're worthless. If the truth is I'm created in his image and I'm his masterpiece and I've got good works to do, then I'm going to go do some good works today. Right? And it doesn't matter how I feel. So... Mm. right because the devil is a liar and he can put feelings on the inside he can put thoughts and feelings not everything you think is you not everything you feel is you either he's a turd bag right so we need to like be governed by the truth and let our actions follow what we're writing in our journal and saying when the door's shut in our room, right? Even when you don't feel like it because it's in the doing that, man, you start to like get traction and freedom because then the enemy's like, oh my gosh, she's left the building. She is going. And that's where he starts freaking out. And you might have a couple of days and he's going extra hard at you because he knows he's losing his grip. And that's where you put on your like black thing and you're like, you come at me. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to have you lie anymore. And I'm going to be governed by the truth. And I'm going to walk in the light. You pick fight with the wrong girl, right? Or the wrong man. Come on, imagine, imagine, imagine a hundred people like that, a thousand people. Imagine what would happen in this city if there was a thousand people that lived that way. Oh, come on, see it, we've got to see it, we've got to see it. Sometimes you will need to line the thought up and actually say it out loud and say, I will not say I'm worthless. I will say I'm made in God's image. Sometimes you actually just need to be explicit, right? Praise the Lord. Number five. So that that was the five steps. We've got that. Yeah, so now we're on the the fifth way to renew mind, which I'm like, oh, 
Um, I feel like I said this at the beginning. Obviously, we need to hear it again. Um, meditate on the truth. So we talked about reading the Bible and identity scriptures and whatever, but what are you allowing to go round and round and round and round and round and round in your brain? What are you actually chewing on every day? Are you chewing on the news, on social media, on what Auntie Mary said about the election coming up? Like, what are you feasting on? We need to be feasting on truth. Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I just really love that part. That's really not what I was going to talk about. But I was like, oh, we need to just read that over and over, right? Um, Verse 8, I think it is. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. It's a promise. It's like, it's not hard, is it? Meditate. Is it, is it true? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Is it, is it the truth? That's what should be going in here. When you've got nothing else to think about, when you're driving, when you're, I don't know, doing your life. Truth, 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 truth. What is true? What is excellent? What is praiseworthy? What is God doing? What is God saying? Have you even heard what he's saying today? Right? If, if we're called to be of another world, how about we connect with the one who made the other world? If we're called to be otherworldly, let's be asking him, what are you saying today? And then let that become the meditation of your heart. Let the truth become the meditation of your heart. Hallelujah. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Let's, let's take note of what we're meditating on. Now, I do want to say, if you are diagnosed with any sort of mental illness, I will say this. I'm not suggesting that you ignore your doctor and go home and be like, I'm going to tip all my things down the toilet and I'm going to rah. Okay. Unless the Lord tells you and you have someone walking alongside with you, right? I'm not saying the Lord wouldn't tell you to do that. But if, if you are to do that, then you need, I need to know about it. And I, I need other people on our team so that, so that you are supported and you have family holding up your arms, right? I 100% believe that Jesus is the answer. I 100% believe that the sun can set you free, okay? So we can, we can apply these truths while also getting help 
getting professional help if we need it. Okay, because there are chemical imbalances that happen, right? And, and I truly believe that if we apply the Word of God and if we're submitting to Him in, re, in relationship with Him, I reckon it'll, it'll sort itself out. I really do. But I'm not saying to not be following doctor's advice. I'm not a medical practitioner. I do not have a degree in neuroscience or anything like that. So that, I just wanted to make that very clear. Um, <clears throat> and if there's anyone that needs extra support, so if you're like, man, I've been through, I've been through traumatic stuff or I've been through something and I'm finding it really hard, then we do have trained counsellors available through the Sela Wellness Centre. Now, this centre is based in Brisbane, okay, and it's connected to Glory City Church. But trained Christian counsellors who believe the message of righteousness, who know this stuff and who can walk you through... Um, a little bit more intensely, like one-on-one, um, to help you, okay? They do video conferencing all the time, um, very affordable sessions. So they, they can do them for families, they can do them for couples or even one-on-one, okay? So there is that resource. If you're like, I actually need some help, um, I'm, I'm like, yes, go. Like, w- there's a service available so let me know if you need, if you ever need to get put in touch with that. I just think it's brilliant. And, I, and I've heard amazing testimonies of people that have had severe trauma, severe trouble with depression, anxiety, that sort of thing. Um, as part of the academy, the students um, have access to counselling if they need it. And often one session, one session is all it takes or a couple of sessions. I don't know what, what they do in there, but it's, it's good. It's powerful. They're trained. They're trained. This is their job, right? So, hallelujah. That's available. Is that helpful? There are other things, right? There are other things like um, making declarations every day. Man, that shifts things. It, it's awesome. I've been a lazy declarer. I will put my hand up and say, but I've been disciplined this week and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We need to be doing this. When you use your voice, you create. You're, you're made in the image of God. So declaring the truth over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Should we pray? <clears throat>